welcome to the 92nd episode of the Nerdum and Other Wahaha Anime Podcast. Today, we'll be breaking down anime that aired during the fifth week of the spring 2019 anime season. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and the podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, since we will spoil pretty much everything. My name is Bcom, and please join us as we praise our new cult, <coughs> religion, the Church of Laughter. Also with me are Cat and Leo. <laughs> oh, I love how Cat still fucked up. <laughs> So yeah, me and Leo are still watching Hitori uh, Bochi on the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a really good it's a nice show. I think it's, it's really picked up. It's okay, way better have than you started. ever thought though, Hitori Bochi's parents, they fucking knew damn well that her name was gonna mean Hitori Bochi. <laughs> and they fucking did that shit to her on purpose. <laughs> It's true. Those are the shittiest parents that have ever existed. And if I were her, I would change my name the second I was 18. (laughs) And I would tell them to go fuck themselves. And And then I would get like 50,000 friends. And what does Hitori Bochi mean? Uh, Alone. All alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty mean. It doesn't even just mean alone. It's like emphasis, doesn't it? It's like all alone. Mm Mm-hmm. With an exclamation point on the end. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. bad. Maybe they meant it to mean that like she's all alone because she's like unique and she's in her own class uh, and nobody else can touch her because she's so good. But that's not what they I meant. They, they just meant like our daughter's they're, piece they're of shit. Just shitty. <laughs> they're like, we think that this child will never love anyone in their life. They're <laughs> such a loser. Let's name them Hitori Bochi. Mm-hmm. It wait, does wait make you wonder not. about her parents because she's so shy and all that stuff. It's like, how were they raising her? I mean, why'd she turn out this way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's now you're got asking issues. the real questions, Leo. I the guess real we did, questions. We did get to see her mom that one episode, and she seemed pretty normal. I want to see the follow-up series, it. like, Hitori Bochi goes to the psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? And she's like, well, and then I saw someone die when I was two or something. <laughs> you're you're yeah. like, oh, shit. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what kind of nonsense did you get into, Become? Uh, so I know you and I both watched John Wick Part 3. We Hell all yeah. watched it. Oh, did you watch it too? Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. God, that movie was so good. <laughs> oh. There were really good parts. There were also parts that made no fucking sense at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the part at the end where he though. falls. Like, what? How many stories was that? Oh. A fuck ton. Like six, <laughs> at least. A six or seven. And he just, like, oh, well, let's scoop him up in this wheelbarrow and, like, take him. No. <laughs> That's yeah, not the way gravity works. He's fine. He'd be fucking way, dead. <laughs> He'd be so dead. And okay, I had this pointed out to me. So this whole series, these three movies, mm-hmm. takes place over like a couple weeks? Yeah, if that, yeah. So yep. think about all the shit he did in the first two movies. And all the, the bruises and all of the shit. He recuperates all of the very fast. Yeah. <laughs> there is no way that man would be alive. No way. 
Well, how about that scene where they throw him through glass panels for about three solid minutes? <laughs> That's all they're doing, <laughs> picking up and throwing him through glass. I'm like, how long is this going to go? Well, that room know, was amazing. He, like, cut up all the shit. Like, that's a total bullshit. I also, like, I knew I was down for this movie when he entered a room filled, filled with cases of, like, old knives and tomahawks in, like, this museum. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be... And th- this that is before was... anything happened in that scene. I'm, I'm, like, watching him walk in there, and I'm like, this is going to be an amazing fight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like, some of the out. most brutal deaths, too. You're just oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. It's really God. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, why have they not made any of these movies into a video game? That's a good question. <laughs> because this is like built almost as a video game. It's a good point. Like, was there ever like a 2D one? I thought there was maybe like a little 2D game somebody made, but that might have just been for fun. I think it's probably because movie to video game don't really work <laughs> very well at all. A lot of the time, yeah, they don't. It's I think the most this recent... one is almost built for it. It really like they is. They could just go scene to scene. <laughs> yeah, but then it wouldn't be like done well. It'd be like some shitty shooter or something like that. That's usually what happens. It'd be so hard to make it anywhere near as cool as the movie is. But I guess. Uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the things I really like about it is just all of the... They've like fully embraced the Matrix references now. Like when they ask John Wick what he needs and he goes guns, lots of guns in the theater. I like literally like yelped. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that line from the Matrix. And, uh, you know, the director who is like the stunt guy on the Matrix uh, in the Blu-ray commentaries for the other two movies. He always talked about how like he learned everything from like the Wachowskis uh, when making the Matrix with them. And so, like, all of these, like, homages and, like, having, like, Lawrence Fishburne there and everything, it's just, it's so cool. It's, like, it's like a continuation of those Matrix movies that I, I so badly kind of want in one way, but, like, don't want. Like, it's, I kind of want, like, this spiritual successor homage type of thing more than I want, like, there, actual Matrix movies. I want to be honest, Lawrence Fishburne is straight up just Morpheus if he was a <laughs> homeless king yeah like much. straight up the same character <laughs> so good oh man oh sides well, so much well, and apparently there's like someone an artist who has been dry, drawing like john wick jojo mashup <laughs> have oh, nice. you seen that no, no. that's awesome though <laughs> we should, we'll link it put it in, in our the, discord cat in the discord. yeah link that in the discord because <laughs> yeah. it's pretty ridiculous Um, the other thing I watched this, like, over the past, like, two weeks was I watched the entire, uh, second Gundam series, which is called Zeta Gundam, or Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta, whatever. Um, which was 50 episodes long. Uh, and that was interesting, because the original Gundam is a really interesting show. It has a lot of, like, interesting ideas, and it follows, like, this crew of characters through all these episodes as they just constantly are fighting for their lives. Uh, the second, se- it's like, it's a sequel, the second series, but it's a really weird sequel because it literally does, like, nothing you would expect with any of those characters. Like, in- mm. instead of stick- sticking with, like, the main character, uh, it just has a new main character entirely who is kind of mirrors the journey of the original main character. This character named Camille Bidon, who, it's funny, in, like, the first scene of the, like, <laughs> of, like the new anime... Uh, He gets really pissed because some guy who turns out to be the major villain in a lot of ways uh, 
thinks that his name sounds really girly for a guy, and so he Camille goes up and punches this guy in the face. And it's like kind of an infamous scene in like the Gundam fandom. It's really funny. But um he's like very similar to Amuro, who is the main character of the original Gundam, but just I don't know, slightly different in ways. And like so the other characters will show up. Like Amuro does show up like in the series, but it's like not that often. It's like for a few episodes. And the main villain of the original series is sort of like a like a good guy now, and it's really mysterious. It's just it's such a weird thing that they decided to do. Like they made so many strange decisions in making a second Gundam series. Um huh. the one thing that they stayed true to is that whenever people need to like express emotions, they just slap each other in the face. <laughs> There's so many slaps in Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta. It's insane. I, I, I call it Mobile Slap Gundam because of this. It's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> people just constantly slapping each other. Uh, the other really yeah. goofy thing is like whenever people want to talk to each other and they're in space in mechs, they like get out of the cockpit and like float over to each other and then talk and then get back in and go fight again. <laughs> it's really dumb. But um, like, okay, fun. so they can make giant mechas, but they haven't figured out. <laughs> Like, like radio, radio. <laughs> <laughs> like Apparently so, not. It's funny because like it's sci-fi based on like you know early eighties thinking, I guess. So I, I don't know. So like some things don't make sense like today. Well, I mean, I guess it's just what they imagined at the time. Exactly. Like they yeah. couldn't imagine that far ahead. So and yeah. yeah, a lot of the show is about like human connection to each other and and stuff. So and then like these different politics. Uh, playing against each other it's a pretty decent show for for its time um but yeah it's extremely sexist of uh, (laughs) well uh, most gundams are i mean Mm -hmm. the whole point of the female characters in gundam seems to be so that they can have kids (laughs) well (laughs) and then like there can be a spinoff with that child (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i haven't watched that many gundams so i may be wrong but that's what it feels like Sometimes listening. Uh, in in Zeta Gundam, a lot of the point of the women is so they can die to protect a man. <laughs> oh, or or die to protect a man. Yeah, okay, that's good stuff. That's an important distinction. Uh, what have what what nonsense did you notice this week, Kat? Okay, so I found out about this story it, locally in Indiana that just made me laugh so much. So and it shouldn't because it's it really quite nasty. It doesn't sound like nasty. something you should laugh about. But it is. It's fucking funny. I don't care. Okay, so there was this, there was this like house in the neighborhood that I guess no one was living there currently, but it was like it wasn't abandoned, but it was just sitting there. And someone went into the backyard, and this is an area of Indiana where the homes are a little bit historic, so. Like, they're, they have very small backyards, right? Everyone can see ev- into everyone else's backyard. The houses are pretty close. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the, because the houses are small, and the, the backyards are small, and the houses are old, there isn't supposed to be any burning in the backyards. Oh, no. So, in the, I think it's like noon. I think it's at like 12.30 p.m., some person drives up to this house, has a dead body, right? Oh, they wow. They get into the backyard of this house with this dead body, and they're like, 
I'm just going to set it on fire to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> it's, everyone can see. It's like 1230 p.m. Like, Why yeah. would you do this in the middle of a neighborhood? This is so dumb. Oh, my God. I know. And, and so, like, he, or who, they won't say who. They're keeping everything very hush-hush. Whoever it was, they, they were, like, setting it up. They were about to light it. They'd, like, put gasoline on it. There's the dead body laying there on the twigs or whatever. And before he could even get to that point, like, someone had called the cops. And they came and arrested him. Man. <laughs> apparently, and yeah, this- apparently it was a 20-year-old girl who was the body. That's terrible. Yeah. And I just, and I mean, it's, I shouldn't laugh. It's very sad that someone died. But it's also very sad that someone was was able to kill someone and yet is that stupid. Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> I hope that I mean I I'm glad that they're that stupid, but also like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Indiana yeah. is a strange place. Very strange. <laughs> I bet that I guess guy we'll had like some kind of psychological background or something too, which is why yeah. he made such a dumb it's hard to know like what his thought process was like because and and, i mean this is the part where i get kind of weird into weird thinking because i'm like but you could have done this and then you may not have been found or you could have done this and then i'm like why am i trying to help him (laughs) again (laughs) listeners if i disappear cat is your number one suspect (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) definitely yeah but but yeah it's just Indiana is a weird place, y'all. I'm glad you guys are still alive. Every week we do a new podcast. I'm just like, I do, I say a little prayer, you know. (laughs) One one more podcast together. Oh, thank God. All right, Leo, tell us about the Fruits Basket. Yes. Okay. A show that could use a little bit more murder. Spice it up. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to die? Uh, Kyo. <laughs> well, it's like you come back He's with one of his nine lives. Uh, episode five, I've been fooling myself. Toru tells the guys the renovations on her grandfather's house are done and ready for them to move back into. She's kind of down, but figures her grandfather's place is probably really nice. Yeah, it's fucking brand new at this point. Uh, you can tell she really likes cooking for the guys because she has like a flashback of cooking for her mom, even when she like was sick and had a fever and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day before Toru leaves, she basically goes all mom on them and says there's food in the fridge and the trash recently changed and so on. So on. It was kind of funny. Uh, she goes back, she goes to pack her room and Shigeru notes that Kyo and Yuki are being extremely gloomy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The both are actually just taking it pretty hard, and they both remember all the kindness she always showed them, because, you know, Toru can never do no wrong or see no evil. Uh, Toru is settling in when she is called downstairs at her grandparents' house. It turns out her aunt hired, like, a private detective to keep tabs on Toru, because her son is going to be a police officer, and they can't have somebody in the family to have a bad rap this is toru oh, we're talking about and i'm just like are you <laughs> fucking kidding me you know what nothing. kind of snobby bitch is this yeah you know Who's nothing like, about I your need family to investigate this bitch because i think she's just a two-bit whore and i can't have her around my son to be fair so, she was living in a tent <laughs> i 
she's not like a slut. Like, I don't know what she thought she was going to find. Yeah, no, they and just want you to hate this family. And then she brings up her mom like, your mom was a rebel. And, da, 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 and I'm like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it, the, <laughs> the grandpa slapping her. Oh, oh slapping yeah, the guy. great. Yeah. Her cousin, yeah. Uh, it's also kind of funny when Toru's female cousin is impressed that she was living with some guy. She's like, whoa, I haven't even done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then this is where her dick male cousin asked her if they were if if she was like violated. And that's when his grand their grandfather like slaps him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then proceeds to tell Toru she doesn't have to live with them if she doesn't want to. And she go to where she can spread her wings and basically be free and be herself. She starts crying tears of joy and like she closes her eyes and then when she opens them again Yuki's still suddenly standing there and he like asks her if she would like to come back with him and then we just kind of go back in time a little bit and Yuki and Kyo are still are just like bickering at each other because Toru is gone Yuki eventually gets Toru's memo and goes in search of her grandfather's house when Kyo finds out that he took memo he goes after him uh, they have some trouble finding the house first because the plaque was still covered by like plastic from the renovations and when they go up to the house, that's when they accidentally end up eavesdropping on this conversation we just heard them have. They hear the whole thing, and that's when like they just let themselves inside. And she's and then Toru's like, I want to go home with the Somas. And so she goes home with them. And then <laughs> Kyo takes her outside while Yuki like retrieves Toru's things. The two get to have like their emotional moment. And then like all three of them go back hand in hand. And that's how the episode ends. It's pretty easy short synopsis, really. <laughs> this episode it felt so rushed. Well, I th- and I think it's partially because of like the what they wanted to do with the format where they wanted to show Toru's experience with like meeting this family and like ha- having it go wrong and then and she they was wanted there to for show 10 minutes. Yeah, she was literally there for like 15 10 min- 10 15 minutes. And then they wanted to show uh Yuki and Kyo their flashback of them their mm-hmm. experience of coming to find her and seeing her through the window. I get that. But man, they they should have like man, they should have made this like two episodes or something because like it felt so unearned. <laughs> like when she's just like, I've been gone for fifteen minutes and I'm already crying. This is the worst. <laughs> well, it's like, come on, like this. It, it, it I just didn't feel it. it, it I should have felt it, but I didn't. Stayed I one night or something. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. She should have stayed at least a night or discovered something or. Yeah, she literally had not even unpacked yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Yuki I mean, went upstairs and just grabbed her fucking bag. Like that's how long she'd been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love also how the grandfather was just like, "I'm sorry. They can't help it. They're just unpleasant people." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he keeps calling Toru by her her mother's name. <laughs> oh, that was funny too. Yeah. And I guess yeah. um Toru explains in a flashback what like the fruits basket thing is cuz like I guess when she was a kid they played this like fruits basket game and uh when she was playing she was like really excluded and kind of bullied because people called her like an onigiri like like a rice rice ball ball, yeah it's like how is that first first of all there's like a japanese market near me i went there yesterday and i got two onigiri and they were so delicious like if somebody called whoa whoa, whoa. what there's a fucking japanese market near you and you Uh, haven't posted pictures of all of the shit (laughs) at this japanese market that you live near oh good Good point i should do that (laughs) come on (laughs) i I was so excited to discover this place like a couple weeks back Uh, i didn't know it was there um 
And so, yeah, I got like a shrimp tempura onigiri and like a salmon one yesterday for lunch, and they were amazing. Um, So, yeah, if I was called an onigiri, I'd be like happy, but I guess not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, like I understand. So uh, also like the, the scene with her remembering her mom's advice about how she can afford to be self-centered kind of mirrors the advice that Kyo gives her at the end of the episode, uh, which was cute. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like, so like there was a nice message delivered here. Like I will be honest, like some of the emotional strings that they pulled, like definitely worked like when the guys showed up and like, like brought her away from those fucking evil bastards. But like, they should have played it out a little longer. I feel like I felt like it was just too quick. Yeah. It, it was a little quick. I mean, I feel like them get coming together for the sake of her hit right, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Too rushed. Too rushed. It's like Game of Thrones. But it's not that different <laughs> than the original episode, I don't think. Because I remember it going how it went. Yeah. Yeah, I assume the, I, I, I would assume I would have the same problem with the original episodes, but I haven't watched yet this one. But, uh. When I do, I'll, yeah. I'll see if I feel the same way. Cool. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about JoJo? Again, I just talked about one. That's not the OP anymore, Kat. Get it over doesn't it. matter. It's always the OP in my heart. It'll never change. This bullshit they JoJo's have playing now. Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Golden Wind. Uh, episode 29. Get to the Roman Coliseum. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they start off by running a search to try and match the death mask with anybody and get nothing. They even try like deceased people in case he faked his own death, but still nothing. And then, then like Trish informs him she can feel her father is nearby. Because if you remember earlier, they could both kind of sense each other somehow. Mm-hmm. That was that's been quite a couple episodes ago. Uh, but then suddenly, uh, so they're in the turtle, by the way, and they're looking on the laptop. But then suddenly, like, a voice comes from the computer saying he has been waiting a long, long time for somebody trying to defeat Diavolo, which mm-hmm. is his name, uh, boss's name. Uh, they don't know if he's a friend or foe. And at worst, at worst, and eventually convinces them because he knows his stand's ability allows uh, uh, Diavolo to skip through time. And they're like, okay, he definitely knows something. Uh, you know, Devala wouldn't leave one of his uh, uh, underlings alive if uh, they knew his ability. So they're like, okay, okay, that makes sense. And then, like, they ask him about his name, and interestingly, he says his name is not important and that his body can no, and like, he can no longer fight. So, like, we don't know what this guy's a total fucking mystery with no name. He can't fight. We don't know what's going on with him. That whole exchange just reminded me of like that. Never mind. It's it's a dumb reference. I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm about to say something so stupid. I need to just stop. I, like, just, I yeah. need to check myself before I wreck myself. Is what I just did. <laughs> right. Uh, he wants them to meet them in Rome because he says the arrow can do more than bring out the stand and people and will give them this knowledge along with the possibility to defeat King Crimson and his almost near invincibility, because, yes, his stand is uh, pretty uh, OP. And then Dopio, after stealing some ice cream from some girls, <laughs> answers the ice cream, talks again to, to Diavolo, who thinks something is up, and Bruno's team departed immediately. Uh, he has Dopio check out the statue, find nothing, and then he tells him to get a hold of... God, this fucking name. 
chocolata. It's like kind of how they say it. It's like chocolate, so it's like chocolata. Chocolate. Oh, is it yeah. really chocolate? Because the whole time, every time he says his fucking name, I'm like, chocolate. Yeah, that's yes. how you say chocolate in Italian. Chocolata. Chocolata and Seco and send them to stop Bruno's team. He also wants Dopio to investigate what it is that Bruno's team found out. What's interesting about that pair is like even Diavolo doesn't know anything about them and he thinks they're scum too. He's just like <laughs> yeah. using them as a last resort. So it's like, what the fuck? Oh, and secco means uh, dry in Italian. <laughs> dry chocolate. Uh, <laughs> the guy in the computer then tells them about the arrows. Uh, this is if anybody knows the history of this damn arrow, this is just even. It's JoJo just going to get more absurd with it. So I'm so annoyed at this, but continue. It's <laughs> <laughs> ten thousands. Ten thousands of years ago, a meteorite landed in what is Cape York in Greenland. During an exib- expedition, two of the members became horribly sick and died. What they found out was that there was a virus that traveled here on the meteorite. Some power-crazed man, eventually later on, turned this meteorite into arrows. And this is where we all know that if you can survive it, you are gifted with a new life powers, is how they described it. Also, a.k.a. stands. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> so it's now like, I, it's a space virus. <laughs> I feel like the same way about this that I do about like when in the Star Wars prequels they decided to explain the force with midichlorians in your bloodstream. Yeah. Unnecessary. It's just so unnecessary. <laughs> Why would you do this? So Stan Powers are now from a space virus. Uh-huh. Uh, he then t- Yeah. <laughs> It just feels weird. It, I did like how they explained how, like, that's why your stand is, like, your personality. Yeah. I can't find it anymore, but it was out there. But, like, the evolution of how this arrow worked, and it's fucking hilarious to look at it because of how it evolved over time. Yeah. Uh, computer guy then tells him it also has a hidden power, and he can only tell one of them if they meet him at the Roman Coliseum. Uh, yeah. That seems like some bullshit. You can only tell one of them if you meet me in this plate. That's like a scam like that you find on the internet. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so they get to Rome, and we learn uh, about Chocolata and Seco. Chocolata is a twisted individual who loves to watch people die, and he likes to film it. Probably gives him a big old boner, too. <laughs> he first... I mean, have you, did you see how obsessive he is? Like, did you film it? Did you film it? I'm like, holy shit, chill out. Yeah, he, so he first worked in a nursing home, and he would tell the patients their families didn't love them and then would drive them to suicide. That's awful. And he would also give them fucked up drugs and shit. Crazy. He, and then that's when he's like, oh, I want to be a doctor so I can get away with more. <laughs> and he... Yeah, did like the same thing. He would like take perfectly healthy patients and give re- and like be like, "Oh, you have this and this," and then give reasons to operate on them. And then he turned down the anesthesia so they'd wake up in the middle of it, and he's like holding their guts. Yikes! So he's oh, yeah, that, that scene was unsettling. Yeah. Like, you can imagine that like your worst nightmare when you go under for surgery. You like wake up and like somebody's just like fumbling around with your intestines or some shit. Like that would be the worst. I would, I would just be like, I'm going back to sleep. I want. I expect this to be fixed when I wake up again. <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> so, and also, Seca was apparently one of uh, Chocolato's patients, and for whatever reason, just follows him willingly at his beck and call. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Chocolato starts using his stand. <laughs> 
Crunchyroll calls it green tea, but it's actually green day. <laughs> I have to say, green yeah. tea is a really hilarious alternate for green That's day. That's green yeah. day. That makes. I love that they named it green day, though. The, the image of like Japan can't imagine any band more toxic than green day. <laughs> That's more That's, of a point. I didn't look at it that way. <laughs> so he uses a stand, Green Day, and like we see a bunch of town folks dying from like this green mold consuming them. Uh, Mista first gets some on his hand when he reaches down for his pistol, and Narantia gets a whole bunch when he jumps down into the boat. He even starts consuming the turtle and like starts getting inside, and that's when they figure out when the body moves down, it triggers Green Day's ability. Uh, they barely get back up on shore on time when Mista has to like blow up the boat to propel Naranji and the turtle back on shore. And that's just kind of how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We didn't, we yeah. didn't find out Seko's ability or anything, right? We don't know that nope. yet. Next episode you do. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I just wrote up that synopsis before we started. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm, it's cool that they're back in Rome. It's a favorite setting of mine. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm just annoyed with the the stupid ancient stand virus (laughs) bullshit. But it's JoJo, so like, whatever. going to try to find that timeline of how the uh, arrow was supposed to work while somebody else finally gets to talk for once. (laughs) Nice. God. Okay. So, now we've got Demon Slayer. Episode 5, My Own Steel. Ooh. So, the episode starts with like a flashback of the last episode and it kind of it goes on for a minute and i was a little irritated like the part where he cuts the uh, the monster's head off again i saw that and i was like oh we're watching a shonen (laughs) yeah i was like we don't need to see it again we know um (laughs) and there's a flash then there's a flashback of um his his master capturing the demon originally Mm -hmm. and I don't know, like, he didn't seem that special when he captured him. Like, yeah. He was just this little guy. So I'm like, how did he get so successful on this little island? Well, I guess like, once once you eat one or a, a few more humans, like, he just kept growing and getting more and more dangerous. I guess. I, I was just surprised, because I, I was figuring that he was already really strong. And, mm-hmm. But, um... And then, I don't know, when he dies like in, when he actually like cuts his head off like urodaki and uh, tanjiro are kind of layered over one another which was like a nice artistic touch i think yeah like in the flashback that was pretty cool yeah yeah and they also have like they have scenes to make you feel bad for the demon and i'm like i don't really well want he used to be human to. once i mean yeah but it is important i guess i don't know <laughs> um they have like a scene where um, he starts to regain the memory of his brother who he killed and he cries and Tanjiro holds his hand and and he's like, oh, I hope he's not a demon in his next life. And it's all very sweet and touching. Mm-hmm. And I kind of vomited in the corner a little bit. <laughs> um, yep. yeah. And then Tanjiro sees all the students who died and is like, I won so you can move on. Or go be with Urodaki, who you love. <laughs> um, and it's very sweet. It, it's actually a really good scene. It's just a little, a little cheesy, but I can be okay with that part. 
I did really um, like the the music. I think that was playing during that like black and white flashback with Arukodaki and and everything. It was really good. Yes, it was very good. Um, and then you see flashes of Tanjiro like completing the rest of the exam, like getting from one side of the island or whatever to the other. And he keeps like going up to demons, asking them if they know how to turn back into a human. Mm-hmm. And then they attack him, and he kills them. And he's like, why does this keep happening to me? And then he does it again. And, and I just kept thinking, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, he finally reaches the end. And you see, like, three more people made it. So even four. Though yeah. Four all together. Yeah. That you see. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> even though there were I, 20. I see you caught it, too. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> so he feels bad about that one guy that didn't make it, that he saw. Yeah. They saved, but, yeah. But I was like, dude, okay. That guy abandoned Tanjiro immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you need to feel bad. Um, They first get these new uniforms, and then they talk about how there are ten ranks of demon hunters, and they list them all very oh, monotonously. No, <laughs> oh, no, I'm fucking not going to list them. I heard that, and I was like, I'm not remembering this. No, and I was like, why are they even taking the time to tell us this? Also, why not just tell us, this is the lowest rank, this is the one that you are. Maybe in there Japanese, <laughs> the meanings make like really sense to Japanese people, so it it's like, easy for them to remember. But like when you tell it to us, we're like, "What the fuck nonsense did you just say?" And it was only it was only when they got to the end of the list that I realized that hey, they had started at the highest rank and were going to the lowest Same. rank. And Same. I was like, "Oh come on, you did it that way!" <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused now. God damn it. Uh, but yeah, so we're not gonna say any of those because. All that matters is there's ten ranks. Yeah. Um, they pick they they pick out ore for their quote unquote color changing swords that they apparently get. Which I guess they're gonna get in a few weeks. They, I guess it takes time to make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like uh he sniffs out his, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you must p- choose it yourself and then we'll make the sword and and they just give you a bunch of rocks that all look the same. And you know it has to be important that they're making them choose it. Because mm-hmm. that implies that there's a wrong choice. Or there's, like, one that's better than the other one. Sure, yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, why are you doing that to them? Because they're all clueless. They're <laughs> young. You're not giving them any hints. Are you, like... Just just tell them what they need to know. I, I don't know. Also, one of the guys, the one who talks the most and is kind of really irritable, his name is Genya, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's voiced by Nobuhiku uh, Okamoto, who voiced Bakugo in My Hero Academia. And you can totally hear it in his angry, angsty voice. It's exactly the same. Uh. I can see that. I hope that uh, voice actor doesn't get kind of pigeonholed into characters like that, though. Too late. <laughs> yeah maybe um but yeah it's i don't know yeah that guy gets really angry at one point and is demanding his sword now and like i got through the thing i want it now and like grabs the white hair girl the the white hair girl and is like shaking her and and Sanjiro's like, I'm gonna break your arm if you don't stop. And he's and he just keeps shaking her, and then he's like, Oh, okay, and just breaks his arm. 
I love that. Well, he doesn't break his arm. He just keeps squeezing it and squeezing no, it. No, I think he did No, until break the other it. guy's like, what the fuck, dude? Okay. I think he did hurt it or do something. I, he just made it sore because he kind of rubs afterwards. Like, he, definitely, he definitely hurt something. Like, I don't know if he broke it, yeah. though. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, they also apparently get these things called Kasugi crows. Mm-hmm. They all get their own, which they're creepy as all hell. Why? They have the weirdest voice. <laughs> You must go to the village. That's what they sound like. That was creepy. They're creepy. What about the sparrow? Is the sparrow creepy? Oh, yeah. The blonde guy gets a sparrow for some random reason. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, But yeah. So they all pick their oar. Like, you know, they, they get the fuck home. They get to all leave. Um, then there's this scene where there's they're in a house. There, there's like, and they there's a guy talking to someone else, and mm-hmm. he says as many as five survived. Yeah. Right. yeah. So is and there then he a calls mystery? Them all his children. So is there a mystery fifth kid that made it yes. through and he wasn't there for some reason? I assume so. That's just weird. I'm not sure what. Yeah, some some of this seems like mystery for mystery's sake, but I do enjoy the story overall. Mm-hmm. So I'll let it be, but I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, Tanjiro, okay, this annoys me. <laughs> Instead of being like, I just went through this terrible ordeal, I'm beat up, I'm exhausted. Instead of being like, let me go find an inn and I'll chill out for like a day or two and then I'll head back home. No, he's like, I'm going to drag my ass home, half dead, collapse in the road several times (laughs) on the way. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's being an idiot. Yeah. But he needs to get home to see his his sister, his cute little sister. His sister. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he does get home eventually, and Nezuko kicks the door out. Yeah, and like comes awesome. out as he gets close to the house, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's awesome." So, I do you think it was like kind of suspicious that Nezuko like woke up finally when he was away? Uh, yeah, and she was or alone. Did, or did she wake presumably? up whenever she sensed him coming closer? Uh, that's, that's possible I think. too. Yeah. I think she just woke up like that the moment just before she kicked open the door. I just wonder if mm. like in a later episode we'll get like a flashback where like Uroko Daki told Nezuko something important while uh, while he was away, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. But yeah, then Urodaki drops all the wood he's carrying and is like shocked to see that after all these students who died, he finally had one make it. And they all hug and cry and, oh, God, stop, please. I can't take it. (laughs) Um, At that point, I was like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. But, you know, (laughs) in a good way. Your cat's um, heart started beating again for once. Oh, I just can't take that. No, no. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this feeling. Cat, yeah. cat like runs to the kitchen the and like. Feeling of love, I can't do it. She locks herself in her refrigerator for like half an hour to slow down <laughs> her heart rate. Uh, but yeah, then Urudaki explains that there are different types of demons and they all have different abilities. And I'm like, we already kind of know that though. Um, and then he explains that he thinks that Nezuko has been sleeping instead of eating, which I guess makes sense. Yep. 
Yeah, to, um, like, recharge herself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then this fucking crazy-ass <laughs> son of a bitch comes. I love this guy's mask. This this guy, his name is, like, Haga Nezuko. <laughs> He's got a clown mask on that looks like a doofus who, like, has his mouth twerk to the side <laughs> yep. and he's got like glass bulb shiny things oh hanging from his all, hat see all over hanging from his i hat. like how yeah. the show has the moments like this you got like this these kind of funny things like him and you got like nezuko being cute mm-hmm. and it kind of pulls you out from the show because really without those this show is just really dark yeah and i think those kind of help lighten the mood and because you're sitting here like, oh, man, oh, man. And then they show up and you're like, Yeah, let's let take a, a breath. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, go ahead. But, yeah. So, he, he's like, oh, I have your sword, blah, blah. And he, ha- he rants on about how the material in the sword has, like, these awesome powers and absorbs the power of the sun and all this. Um, and he calls Tanjiro a child of brightness because he's got red hair, I guess. Yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Tanjiro, your sword is going to be red, and I'm excited to see it. And he, like, invites himself at this point into the house <laughs> to see it. Well, so Tanjiro the dr- whole time was trying to be like, can I make, can you come in and I can make you some tea, please? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> true. And he ranting. was just continuing to talk. That is true. But I feel like Urudaki did not want that guy in his house. Because did you see, like, the looks that Urudaki was giving him? Like, he did not want that guy here. It's obvious he's had some sort of interaction with him before. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I don't like you. Um... So they all sit down. Tanjiro like draws the sword, and it turns black instead of red, which is apparently a bit unusual. He's the black and swordsman. Then... It's Kirito. He's back. Oh, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. <Nikon. laughs> so excited. And the dude's disappointed. Um, and then at this point, the crow comes in and like gives him a mission to go I don't to this other. What you're talking about cat. <laughs> <laughs> To stop, like, to stop a demon who's eating young girls. And the fucking crow's voice is so annoying, like I said before. And it's like, Tanjiro, you must go. It's like, it's like if um, Yoda became a shrill grandma who, like, swallowed a frog. That's what the fucking wow. crow sounds like. That was very specific. Doesn't it sound like Yoda, though? It a talks bit. like Yoda. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, supposed maybe. to be that kind of thing, yeah. It is weird. It's terrible. I ne- I never want the crow to talk again. Oh, and whoever you know it's the coming fuck, again. <laughs> whoever the fuck voices that the crow, I don't know what's wrong with them. But they need to think about their life. Oh, That's unfortunately, all the crow is does isn't shown as a character in my anime list right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're doing a very good job. I think they're they're fine. No. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the only thing I was going to say is, like, I just, I, I said it earlier, but, like, I just fucking love the music in this show. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yuki Kajura is so good. Um, watch anything they do. Like, so now he has a special sword and a special crow and special friends. <laughs> so now it's time to go out on some adventures. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The training arc yeah. has ended. 
lot. Speaking of lots of adventures, Dororo, uh, when are you going to talk about anything become <laughs> in the second half? I've got a couple things to talk. He's going to dominate that second half. <laughs> well, I got all of the first half except for one. Uh, uh, episode seventeen: the story of questions and answers. Uh, so let me just say me. this was weird because remember we ended Why? with the end of the shark thing last episode, right? Yeah. And then, like, mm-hmm. it does not continue that immediately. It goes off into this episode, which was all about, like, Hyakimaru. No, it's the episode after this one where they yeah. go back to it. It's weird. Yeah, so, uh, Jukai, he's out doing his uh, prosthetic thing, and there's these bandits around him constantly, like, stealing them. Like, he puts an arm on some dude, and then they, he turns his back to it, and, like, a bandit steals the fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I love how the bandits are, like... You know this does nothing, right? Like we're just gonna come steal it. Yeah, why yeah are this you old doing man it? comes up to him and he get and goes, "Why? Why doesn't he? Why don't you do this for the living?" And Jukai says, "There's not that. It's not that easy to save the living or something like that." It was kind of cryptic. Uh, and then, like suddenly, a ghoul comes out of nowhere and kills like one of the bandits. Then, for reasons unknown to him, passes Jukai and goes after the old man instead. Then, like Hiyakimaru shows up to kill the ghoul, and the two are like happily reunited they're like mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> uh jukai marvels at some of the limbs and skin that hiyakimaru has managed to get back and hiyakimaru wants jukai to make him a new leg and jukai kind of like keeps skirting the issue and doesn't really want to make him one and says that they should like eat instead mm-hmm. he then asked uh hiyakimaru to tell him everything when he finds out he met his father mm-hmm. uh Nuen no Kata, Hyakimaru's mom, has also just woken up, and when Tahumaru finds out, he just, like, brushes it off, news aside, and, like, goes out hunting for ghouls instead, because there's, like, been a report or something, so he's an asshole now. <laughs> uh, Pretty much, is, yeah. Now, Jukai is, like, basically, yeah, we jump around, but I think I smashed it together later on. Jukai is reeling from what Daigo said to Hyakimaru and, like, embraces him because he's like, oh, man, that's so awful. Again, Hyakimaru asks for, like, a new leg, and Jukai refuses because he will just go back out, fight more demons, get his body parts back, and doom a whole domain in the process. He also, like, cuts the one prosthetic leg he had sitting around, and then, like, suddenly there's, like, a landslide and, landslide and like, seals them inside their cave they're in. And while Hiyakimaru continues to dig themselves out, Jukai continues to try and convince Hiyakimaru that retrieving his body is not a good idea. He even tells him if he will even be human anymore once he has gotten his body back. He mm-hmm. also says there will be nobody out there for him when it's all done. Hiyakimaru tells him no, and he thinks about Dororo. So that's kind of cool. Uh, he finally digs all the way through and finds like a bunch of ghouls outside. Apparently this tree had been soaking up blood from the battlefield and then would drop these fruits and these ghouls would come out of them demon tree yeah he but like he god this is like level one bullshit to him because he just murders everything <laughs> really quickly uh yeah, he's like oh it's the tree let me just murder the tree let's do it like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh the two get ready to say goodbye and have like a touching kind of funny moment when he calls jukai mama because <laughs> he's like a mama <laughs> to him <laughs> Yeah, he's like, that's not right, but I'll still take it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, it's what you know, I guess. Yeah, so. as uh, Hiyakimaru walks away, a demon barely alive, like, bites into Jukai's leg and then dies, and Jukai realizes before he must have never looked alive to them in its eyes, and he has finally earned his right to eventually die. Huh. So, some deep shit there, man. It's cool. 
Yeah, he's still torn up about crucifying all those people on that cliff. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. And he was also, so, obviously, like, because of this whole conversation he had with Hyakimaru, he was still torn about, like, whether training Hyakimaru to kill demons was the right thing to do. And, um, right. Seems more at peace about it now. So, through a conversation between uh, Hyakimaru's mom and Daigo, which we kind of knew all along, but it's confirmation that the god statue sacrificed her head so that Hyakimaru could live. Diago, Diago, Daigo tells her she is overthinking it and leaves. One of his like ninjas arrive and he wants him to guard the Hall of Hell. And the ninja also tells him that they have had a sighting of the kid that was traveling with Hyakimaru. Tahomaru has also now come upon the house of a merchant who has been missing since the ghoul was sighted. They go inside and see something like moving the raptors. It turns out it's Yuki from Fruits Basket in his rat form <laughs> yeah. and like attacks him. <laughs> Very ugly. Uh, yeah, Ta- Tahomaru does manage to slice like awful limb before it disappears back into the rafters. Uh, Mutu then goes upstairs and finds that the rat ghoul had killed the family to feed its children. They eventually manage to pin it, like, pin it down, and then they burn down the house with all the ghouls still inside. And Tahumar also tells his two companions he won't let his feelings cloud his judgment and will do anything for his people. He then sets out with a small pl- platoon to go and kill Hyakimaru. And finally, Hyakimaru has found Dororo's location and takes a small boat to the island he is on. So that makes sense. That's why we had this detour to go tell like Hyakimaru's like story so that he can come back in time for the next episode. So that makes sense. Yep. Yep. I was just like, what happened to the sharks at the beginning of this episode? But yeah. <laughs> Poor sharks. Oh, oh, the sharks will be back. Don't worry. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait till the next episode. Interesting. Yep. Um anything else you guys noticed about this episode that was interesting? Uh not really. Yeah, it was kind of I, I I didn't find that much to talk about with this one. It was just like, okay, this is what happened. Yeah, I mean, I think with with these kind of long anime, there are going to be see, like there are going to be shows like uh, episodes like this. It's better than um, Curry Circus. No, the <laughs> the the one with the gay guys who are always like Yuri on Ice, killing things, banana fish. Yes, it was better than banana fish. <laughs> <laughs> Gay guys killing things. Banana fish for $100. Banana fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's better than like the weird Stolly episodes in Banana Fish. Yeah, for sure. But it, it, it's still a little awkward. I don't know why shows always have those when they're longer. Mm-hmm. It's mm. interesting. But uh, yeah, I always liked Jukai as a character, so I was glad to see him again. I just think he's really interesting, but... He is interesting. I always was. I, I was really pissed with the part where his like apprentice or whatever. Oh yeah, like flipped his shit. I'm like, listen, people change. You what need happened to, to that dude? I don't remember. He went off. He left, but I don't know if we've seen him ever again. No, we haven't seen him since. We predicted I, I was like, that, wait, did something happen? Or I don't I think forgot? so. We predicted that he would like meet up with Doro or something at some point. Um, and then Doro might tell him. Like the true nature of Hyakimaru, but that hasn't happened yet. So, and maybe it will never happen. I don't know. We still got seven episodes, so who knows? True. Anything right. can happen. You guys ready to take a short break? Sure. Yeah. All right. We will be right back. Hey. Hey. Do you like wrestling? Whether it be in a bar, an arena, some weird place in Asia, or in a stadium, or the occasional penis plex. 
Well, if any of these things might tickle your fancy, anywhere in between from penises to wrestling, you can come and check out our podcast. Our podcast name is Smack It Down. We talk all things WWE, New Japan, anything else in between. I'm Jay Silver. I'm Corey Gold. And we look forward to you joining us. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day, indeed. The Trash Pandas bring you this nugget from another trash can. What happens when Brains and Bullets discuss episode 2 of One Punch Man? Pretty much gene splicing heads. They will oh, sp- yep. Yep, 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 yep. They will splice genes. They have a, a cyborg gorilla. They have a frog that walks on two legs and communicates at long range. Like, they got... You think it, they splice... The Lion King? Yeah, they, they have the li- They have a f***ing lion. Beast King. And... Simba. Yeah, he's f***ing Simba. I don't mean he's f***ing Simba. I mean he's f***ing Simba. We at Trash Pandas Watch Anime dig through the trash so you don't have to. You can find the Trash Pandas Watch Anime podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we'll get live updates from what we do. Wahaha! We're back. Uh, we're back. Yeah. Uh, it's time to talk about Attack on Titan, Season 3, Part 2. Also known as Season 4. Uh, episode. It is Season 4. They're, they don't get to fucking lie to themselves. Exactly. It's Episode we're 52. We're going to call them on it. They're like the emperors who has no clothes. And we're like standing and being like, you're naked! <laughs> <laughs> Um, episode 52 or 3 of this part uh, called Descent. And so this episode starts off with an extended flashback to when Aaron last tried to like plug up the walls. Um, and Reiner and Berthold are overheard discussing that they're Titans by Marco. Um, and Reiner decides like they can't let him live and has Annie remove his ODM gear and they watch as he gets eaten by a Titan basically. Um, but like Reiner seemingly doesn't understand why this is happening when he comes back to his senses, like, or like he's, he's shown this before, right? Where he kind of like has like a split personality disorder almost where, yeah, he's got something, something going on there. Yeah. So I, it's interesting because Reiner's like other half who does know what's going on Mm -hmm. always seems to be more dominant than Bert, Bert Holt is. Yeah. But like in the end, Bert Holt is more dominant. He's just more subtle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we then see the night before the current attack when Reiner and Berthold are drinking tea with this blonde haired man with ugly ass glasses. Um, a mystery man. <laughs> he tells them to try to put thoughts of Annie out of their heads, saying that she's probably fine given the regenerative powers of Titans. Uh, of which this blonde guy is a titan. Uh, he re- reaffirms that their one goal is to capture the coordinate and end this cursed history. Uh, and it seems like Reiner fought this guy at some point in the past because he tells Reiner that if he doesn't honor their agreement and if he loses in battle again, he'll have to give up his armor to another warrior titan. Hmm. So that's the stakes of this coming battle, I guess. Um uh, the Titan that carries stuff around, like the weird one that Cat pointed out last podcast, that has like the luggage on its back. Um, it talks too. It's weird. It's- yeah, he talks here and he calls the blonde guy War Chief Zeke. So that's his name. 
uh, and warns him that the scout troops were on their way. And so the next morning, Reiner and Berthold get into positions to prepare for the ambush and Reiner lectures Berthold about like not thinking for himself enough, despite having the strongest Titan ability. And he also tells him like to think about his beloved Annie and also about how they'll mm-hmm. save Krista for Emir's sake as well. So that's what uh, Berthold is fighting for is Annie, I guess. Interesting. So back in present time, Several scouts are celebrating the, the defeat of Reiner because, you know, they had used the Thunder Spears on him and everything. Um, but Sasha and Connie are, like, kind of, like, openly weeping because they lost their former friend. Uh, and Armin is, like, justifying it, though, saying, like, they had no time to negotiate and they didn't have the power to capture him. So what could they have possibly done? Um, but anyway, it turns out Reiner's still alive. Fucking bullshit, dude. How do you <laughs> kill this fucking guy? he's ridiculous is what he is um and so he like screams out uh which is a signal to Bertholdt and the beast titan and so the beast titan like picks up Bertholdt, who's in like a little barrel and just like tosses him over the city walls uh and armin picks up on this immediately and realizes like the colossal titan is on his way uh and if he changes like he's gonna explode and kill everyone within a certain range um and so instead he lands on top of his like on, like he like he lands on top of Reiner's Titan form and finds that Reiner is like still barely alive which is such bullshit. Yeah, well yeah. Come on. But why? Now he's like no, survived. Y- you can two say things? bullshit after become tells you yeah, why. Yeah, he transferred his consciousness throughout his entire nervous system which is like a last resort measure. And it's like, what nah, it's kind of fucked up shit did you just make up just so he'd be alive right now? God damn it. <laughs> it's pretty OP. Now this he is... has like two separate things that should have killed him in two episodes that magically somehow don't. This is true. Yeah, That's it's annoying. pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But Reiner has always been like a tough son of a bitch. So I guess it makes sense to be really hard to kill him. Um, and so Berthold, who has not changed into Titan form, says, uh, he tells Reiner he's going to end things and heads towards the scouts. And so Hanj orders everyone to attack and defend Eren, but Armin like gets in front of her really quickly and takes this like one last opportunity to try to negotiate with Berthold first. Who does not know how to fucking negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Berthold, Berthold basically tells Armin he wants two things. He wants Eren and for humanity to die within the walls. <laughs> Oh, I know. He's like, well, can we negotiate for you all to die? I'm like, what? No. Can you give me these two things? Negotiation. I mean, that's the point. There is no negotiating because, like, what they want is completely at odds with what any of the scouts would ever want to happen. So, it's so interesting to me that they're so radicalized. Yeah, it is interesting. I really want to dig into that. Like, once we start learning about this warlord Zeke and, like, all of the Beast Titans' plans and everything, yeah. Yeah, because so. it's like, why Why do they think this weird cultish way? Like, oh, they can only... Like, when um when Reinar is yelling at Annie, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know that these people are nothing, and, like, da-da-da. And, like, you can tell she's conflicted because, on the one hand, she cares about all of them a lot, but on the other hand, she's been conditioned her whole life to think that these people are nothing. Yeah, and, like, the way that Berthold and Reiner talk about it is, like, that these things have to happen. 
Like that's the way they always say it. They're like this. This must happen. It's not anyone's fault, but like these are the things that have to happen for like the world to move on or something. So it's just like why? Yeah, it's, it's really odd. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out, but uh, so yeah, Armin tries to get underneath Berthold's skin by bringing up how he doesn't want to hear Annie's screams of agony any longer. But Berthold like keeps his cool. He even says that allowing Armin to negotiate with him was just a test of his own resolve. And so at this point, Mikasa, who's heard enough of this shit, jumps in and tries to surprise attack Bertolt, but he actually is able to fend her off somehow. When did he get that good? <laughs> Who mean, can defend off Mikasa other than probably Levi? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 he's a titan, you know, he's got special powers. Uh-huh. Um, he's got plot armor is what he has. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he jumps away and Mikasa warns Armin, like, don't follow, because, like, if they get too close they'll just get caught in his transformation explosion and mikasa also says that Bertholdt seems like a completely different person when he she was fighting him so maybe that's a hint at why he was able to fend her off is that like he didn't seem like the same guy at all his I don't know. other split personality yeah super <laughs> just super duper sword fighting Bertholdt's version <laughs> two i don't know um so yeah reiner is able to flip over onto his back which stops the scouts from finishing him off because it like protects his, the back of his neck, which was like torn open. Um, mm-hmm. And so Berthold f- flies like really high into the sky with his ODM gear and then transforms with a gigantic explosion. And it's unclear whether this explosion like enveloped Hanja's squad, who were pretty close. Um, though I doubt she would just die like that. This is yeah. Hans we're talking about. Um but yeah, Mikasa and Armin make it back to Aaron, Connie, and Sasha, and they are basically going to need to take Berthold th- out themselves in order to keep him from like killing their other forces. So it's like all up to them. And then so also there's this brief scene where we see Reiner healing his destroyed face, and he looks like one of those <laughs> aliens from Mars Attacks because of the brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the brain is sticking out in the eyes. <laughs> I was yeah. laughing at that. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't extremely clear before, we see the Beast Titan scratch his ear, just like Warchief Zeke, the blonde guy, did when he was talking with Reiner and Berthold early in episodes, so they are the same person, uh, just in case that was not clear. So yeah, that's where it leaves off, continuing this battle. (laughs) Yeah, this thing is going on and on. Yeah, but it makes sense. It's like a big, it's a big moment, like... They're still not at the fucking basement. <laughs> if they aren't at least at the basement six episodes in, we're not getting the basement this season. Well, I mean, what if the basement just uh, exploded uh, in the I transformation? I'm tired of this fucking buildup. No, they get to the basement, and that's the final episode, and it ends before they can go inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hear Kat just like destroying her home when that happens. Oh, <laughs> and like the last frame is just the director of the Attack on Titan just pulling down his pants and like flashing the whole audience like "fuck you." They go no, like, they go into the basement and they find like a Blu-ray and it's just like Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that show. Tune in the season two. <laughs> oh, I would definitely watch a season two. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. (laughs) All right. 
ready for the next one? Let's hope we get to the point eventually with that. But yes, we're on to One Punch Man, season two. Yay. Um, the martial arts tournament. <laughs> mm. Very exciting. So the council has lost contact with Metal Bat. And they call in more heroes to help. And, they're, and the council's like, do we even have enough fucking manpower to defeat this centipede thing? Because it doesn't look too good. <laughs> and this, this hero called Metal Knight comes to help. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, all right. Um, and I keep calling this guy the lesser pineapple thing. Because <laughs> what the fuck? It's a pineapple. <laughs> also, why... If you were a pineapple, uh-huh. if that was like your superpower, first of all, how did you get that way? Second uh. of all, like, <laughs> wouldn't you just hate that and want to change back? Uh, maybe your dad drank a lot of pineapple juice when you before you were born because he was trying. So his to- <laughs> jizz was just yeah. pineapple. <laughs> yeah. And it like morphed, like when when you came when he came out of his mother, was he just a pineapple? Yeah, it must was have hurt prickly? a lot. <laughs> did it kill her vag? Yes, yes, it did. Because a tree, I mean... pineapple tree, sprouted from it, and then he dropped from it. Oh my god! And like, I'm just thinking, he must just never have sex, because like, who wants to have sex with a giant pineapple? I mean, you could like cut open his head and. <laughs> And eat some pineapple. I mean, it seems like a really good well, deal. Well, that has nothing to do with sex. What do you mean? You cut well, I mean, his like, head and have, and eat killing two birds pineapple. with one stone, you know? Oh, oh my God. God. Please. Uh, anyway. It's so stupid to talk about. I'm just saying. It's weird. It's a bizarre choice. It is a weird character. Um. So the lesser pineapple thing almost gets away. With, like, the senator and the senator's son. But some lesser monsters confront them. And they're like, we're not letting you get away. Um, <laughs> and apparently a lot of the lesser monsters have appeared all around the city. Once, like, as if mounting an offensive, almost. Like, they <laughs> all planned it. Which is concerning. <laughs> um... And Garo and Metal Bat like are fighting, but me- but uh, Metal Bat is already pretty beat up, so he's got blood pouring down his face, and all- he's got blood on his face. Big, Big disgrace, disgrace. <laughs> kicking your can all over the place. Okay, I mean, come on, how could I not? <laughs> um, the fight is pr- still pretty like shitty, to be honest. At this point, it's very like um, still shoddy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. But and the explosions all conveniently take place blocked by a building, so you don't have to animate the explosion. Did you notice that? I didn't, but that makes sense. Yeah, they, they do it like three times. They're like, and there was a giant explosion, but you can't see it because there's this dumpster here. Like, <laughs> all the tricks. God. Yeah, um, it's a shame since this might have been like an actually really good fight if they had animated it decently. Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's interesting that they're fighting. It's just not greatly animated. Um, the ter- tornado move was interesting, where he like moves his bat around or whatever. Um, and, but he just keeps fighting for so fucking long, and I just kept being like, "Isn't he tired? Like, 
Is he not human? <laughs> That's his resolve, I guess. I guess. Um, and then Garo finally defeats Metal Bat, or at least it looks like it, but his hands are shaking from the bat. And just as Metal Bat is about to do a sneak attack on Garo, his sister ruins it. <laughs> so Metal Bat's <laughs> like, all right, I've I faked like Garo's one. I'm going to sneak around, sneak attack him from behind. And then his fucking sister comes. Mm-hmm. And is like... <laughs> blah 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 and like ruins the sneak attack <laughs> I love her At worst case of lame siblings ruining shit for you <laughs> like come on and then she demands that Garo not fight anymore because it's her rule that her metal bat won't fight around her and, and Garo's like why should I follow your family's rule but like since he's already saying that like he already lost the moment he asked her that, he lost. <laughs> and we all know it. You know? Yeah, that's true. And, um... You gotta respect a little sister. Can't can't do anything. Yeah. And so he leaves, and um, she punches her... And, like, Metal Bat's like, I need to help them more. And, like, goes to help the other heroes. And she's like, no! And, like, punches him, and he's out! Yeah. And I think she's going to be fucking terrifying in a few years. And maybe <laughs> that's why the rule is in place. So that, like, she doesn't get violent ideas. And, like, here's my question from this. Like, who do you think is stronger with, like, a one slap? Is it One Punch Man or is it Metal Bat's little sister? Because, honestly, they think, seem, like, equally effective to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she took him down, like, a ton of bricks. Like, bam. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so that was insane. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, okay, I hate the names of some of these like villains and shit. Jellyfish and Weird Bird Monster <laughs> attempt to kidnap the sister. Now he's like <laughs> Phoenix Man or something, right? A Phoenix Man, but like, okay. Also, <laughs> I have a I have a beef with this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Phoenix Man. Is this a man in a suit? Yes. There is a human hand at one point that comes out of that fucking bird. Yes. Cat, without being without being a spoiler, he because I've read ahead in the manga, he is a man inside a phoenix suit, and I won't go any farther because then I'll just be real revealing his backstory. <laughs> but he is a man but, in a mascot suit. But why? I can't tell you. It, it, that would be a spoiler. He has his reasons, and that's later on. He is a fucked up, deranged individual, is what he is. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. That's what you find out. Yeah. God, that is so... Imagine if you're like, oh, your town's getting destroyed, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a man in a fucking phoenix suit who's like naked underneath it, going around town, doing whatever he pleases. That's the end days right there. <laughs> anyway. Um that weirded me out so bad. I was like, what the fuck? It's you no, you guessed it right, one hundred percent. It's a man inside a Phoenix suit. <laughs> that has been monsterized, oh. which should be coming up before the season's over. So 
Keep going. Yeah, they keep talking about monsterizing people. Okay, so Garo stops them and is like, I'm not joining your monster association. Fuck you. I'm not being monsterized. And then he calls them creeps. And I'm like, yes, I, I agree. I never thought I'd agree with Garo on something. Um, and apparently the centipede is just a remote-controlled drone, because that's what one of the other villains says. Yeah. And then they just take the kid and go. And you find out other ki- cities are facing even worse monsters. And that, like, apparently all over the world, like, all of the cities are being attacked. Yep. It would Giant suck to live in this world. <laughs> it's... I don't know. And then... Apparently, my the show decided that my idea from last episode that the two plots should be separate. They were like, "We agree with you, Cat," and so they did that this episode, which is great. <laughs> it made it much easier to narrate. Um, so, the second half of the episode is all about Saitama and this martial arts tournament. So, at the very beginning of that arc, they introduce fucking way too many fighters <laughs> Holy all shit, at yeah. once. Like literally, it's. It's like seven minutes of them being like, and then there's this fighter, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this fighter, blah, da, blah, da, blah. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. Like, I think it's it was bullshit. honestly supposed to be a joke, like that there's like all these characters. But if it's oh. not a joke, then I'm like, oh, my God. I, I feel like I there was. Know. I feel like there were around like 25 new characters introduced in this episode alone. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> and then Genos is at the stands, just solemnly clapping. Just like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. First yeah. Saitama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then, uh, Sourface is having a little panic attack in the corner. <laughs> because, because he's, like, state, having stage fright or some shit. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty adorable and you and he reminds everyone he's only like 19 which is insane for him to be 19 he looks like he's 45 <laughs> yeah um and then saitama is so stupid about martial arts like he doesn't have any knowledge and so he can't even tie his belt correctly and they have to tie it which that's a legit thing because when i started martial arts like i did not know how complicated it is to tie those belts yeah i remember having to learn that and I got used to it, and now I don't. I totally don't remember how I did it, though. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so remember oh, I know. either. Well, okay, because I worked at a martial arts place for a little bit, mm-hmm. and so like I would have to help tie the little kids' yeah, ones. Yeah. And I think I could still tie it on someone else, but I don't think I could do it to myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's complicated, but yeah. So I was like, oh, that's that's true. That is hard. Um. But yeah, and then Bang Sensei was apparently supposed to be a judge, and then he canceled to go help with the fighting since, like, the whole city is dying. <laughs> and, and I love how the martial arts people are like, it's a disgrace. Like, we're having this martial arts tournament, and even though the whole city is falling to ribbons and, like, people are dying in the street, it doesn't matter because this is a martial arts tournament, and this is more important than anything. And I'm just like, no! I'm pretty sure since it's a giant disaster for your entire town, you should probably all cancel your fucking little tournament and go help. You would think, yeah. 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 But there's like, you find out there's this weird separation between hero, the hero association and martial arts. 
and mm-hmm. uh, martial artists consider themselves above heroes. Which is dumb. <laughs> Which is elitist and strange. Though yep. when you see some of these heroes that look like pineapple men, uh, I guess you can understand. Yeah! <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that's a good point. You're like, come on, point. we're above that guy. Come on, right? right? Yeah, we, we don't need to be like the pineapple man, okay? We have <laughs> dignity. <laughs> I love... This. Oh, man. Um... But yeah, and then Saitama's like, just like, hopefully I have fun. And it's just completely oblivious to all of these people being nervous about this uh, martial arts tournament. And then Bang comments at one point that they must find Garo before he ends up as a monster and not just a villain. So like, I guess they're changing a lot of people into monsters somehow. Um, and so there's like a little part at the end where they switch back to the main arc again. Just so FYI. Okay. Um, Yep. You you see this dominatrix woman. Oh, Kat, I rumor is you were the inspiration behind this uh villain. I was not the inspiration for this fucking At first villain. I thought you were making a cameo, but I was like, oh no, she's just a rumor. She's just the I'm not, inspiration. I'm pretty sure one punch man people aren't like, you remember that podcast with that girl? <laughs> we're gonna make a villain that just a Super S is her name. Super S. Should I change my um my picture on Discord to the Super S? Please do. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Okay, I'll have to do it. She is really fucking hot. The whole time she was on, I was like, "Yeah, girl." I don't think you'll see it, but wait till she takes off her mask. I mean, she's already fucking hot as shit. Just like, tell her to leave the mask on, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, well, I guess we'll see. But yeah, um, just, and apparently just as she has like love slaves, which I thought was fun, but it's been done before. She in a lot whips of shows. you and then you're under her control. <laughs> mm. But yeah, just as they hinted, um, things just the in way Cat likes it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but just as they hinted in other cities, things are going very badly. And um. Oh, and then the part at the very, very end. So there's this, in the martial arts tournament, there's this this hero called, like, Zara Laco. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, he's so cute. Oh. And, he, and he's like, I brought my girlfriend here today. And if I win, oh, I'm yeah. going to propose to her. I, remember I invited yeah. my girlfriend to come. Be and calm. then he gets his ass Become and I sat here. We were like, "Who the fuck is she talking about?" When we were reading your notes, but now I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> he gets his ass just fucking whooped, and like the even the announcer guy is like, "That's a shame." <laughs> and, then, and then they find out his girlfriend didn't even bother to show up, <laughs> and the announcer's like, "Oh, good then. It's not ruined." And, and he's like, "It's not good at all." Oh my god, trying to find a silver lining, but no, I think that's <laughs> not good. That's not going to go well. So, <laughs> one of the really funnier parts in here was when they introduced uh, Saitama, his character with Chonko. Is that his? Who is Chonko? Yeah, Chonko. Yeah. yeah. And they go, and his style is fists of seltzer water on the rocks. And I fucking lost my shit. <laughs> I can remember the name of the guy's style. But I was like, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Very refreshing, bubbly style. Oh man, this is a this show is fucking goofy as hell. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's really goofy, but 
it's sad we lost the really good animation for the action. Yeah, because it that's hurts the, the show. It sold the first season so fucking hard. Yeah. I felt like introducing like a billion new characters here worked better than it did in Mob Psycho that one time where cause, like this show is so much goofier that like it can kind of get away with this as like a joke that like okay, yeah. obviously the creator just loves coming up with goofy characters like he just <laughs> loves it. And like from what sh- I can remember, <laughs> the, it's following the manga to a T. Like, this yeah. is exactly what happened in the manga. I, they were like, ooh, chapter update. And I went to read it, and I was like, who the fuck were all those people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At a certain point, that needs to, like, calm down, and they need to focus on, like, a key group of people. But I don't know. I, I can't, you know, you can't, like, stop them from doing what they want to do. So, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, you guys ready for the next episode? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Give all me, right. I'm glad give, Leo's ready and raring to go. Sarah's on my. Give, give me a minute. Episode ready. five. Crack one open. <laughs> I nice. want to connect, but I can't be forgiven. Um. Blech. So I'm, I'm cat puking in the corner now. Oh wow, your cat sounds so human. <laughs> no, cat, cat on our podcast that said she was puking in the corner. Oh, okay. corner earlier. Oh, this episode starts off like pretty cryptically. Um, Kazuki remembers watching his little brother Haruka being born and thinking that he wants to protect him. But then soon after, when Kazuki is 10 years old, uh, his grandfather died and on the hospital's bed said, your mother was sloppy or was a sloppy. <laughs> what the fuck? In his dying breath. And like all the families standing there, like, what the fuck? And Kazuki interpreted this as like a confirmation that his mother wasn't actually his mother, but someone else who adopted him. And because of this, he feels completely disconnected from this family. And so that was strange. Still your mother. She still acts like her mother. She still treats you as her son. She's your fucking mother. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in present time, Kazuki and Toei are carrying out this plan to swap the uh, real Sara Azuma so Haruka doesn't notice that she's a different person at the signing. And Toei's kind of annoyed that Kazuki isn't acting any differently now that he knows about Toei's secrets and motivations. But Kazuki basically tells him like that he really just envies Toei. I feel and- like a big problem i have with the show is like these people are so intentionally seeking out drama i'm like you guys are wearing on me so hard just let it be stop trying to seek it out nothing really is that definitely a very wrong. like overly dramatic person in a lot of ways yeah like it, like in real life i can't, could not stand this guy <laughs> yeah. i would like so openly avoid him at all possible costs well okay kazuki is like at that part stage in life where like you, you want so- okay, you know a lot of teenagers are like this. They you want something to be upset about. <laughs> yeah. You want to be why dramatic. I was never friends with any of them. <laughs> and like things are, you know that that's basically what he's doing. He's being a little emo teen, and like a lot of people are that way when they're yeah, teenagers. His uh, inner Sasuke is strong. <laughs> he is yeah. very strong. Um, I did think his grandfather was a little shit because you don't say to someone, <laughs> your mother was a sloppy woman mm-hmm. <laughs> with your dying breath. That's the last thing you'll ever say. And that's what you chose. And I guess kind of assuming that uh, 
that was also his daughter. He says, are you saying that about his daughter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Screwed up. Yeah. It was <laughs> fucked up. So at the place where the signing is going to be, Toei knocks out Sara's manager with a cucumber in the back bathroom um, and ties him to the toilet and throws away his pants so he can't, like, leave. <laughs> Which is funny. And then he goes Doesn't and he finds have, the like, real... pink boxers oh. also? Oh, yeah, he's got pink boxers on, yeah. It's like he cliche goes... or something. <laughs> <laughs> he finds the real Sara Azuma and, like, ushers her away for some pictures. Uh, and this girl is, like, obsessed with big cucumbers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, cucumber dish! Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> She's having some fun behind the scenes with some cucumbers, oh, is what you're yeah. saying. It's very interesting. She's got like a them. big bowl just full of them. Yeah. She just. Though she also like cucumbers. <laughs> I heard you like cucumbers, but have you seen my pickle? <laughs> <laughs> so Haruka texts Kazuki, who he thinks is Sarah, and sets up a secret phase, a phrase Sarah. to say. Saras, yeah. So he sets up a secret phase to say, um, from beginning to end, we're connected in a big circle, is the phrase. And Kazuki is holding on to this connection uh, with his little brother, even if it's fake. Um, and so the corpse of the day belongs to Neo Ino Fukuro. Oh my god! Uh, See, it's every time this pops up, I my mind goes, "All right, you got a minute and a half to scroll Twitter because everything that's going to be on the screen for the next <laughs> minute and a half you have seen already." I somewhat agree <laughs> with you because nothing that they typically say about the person in this minute segment is that important compared to when they actually go and like take the uh, desire from their butt. Because that's when you that's when you learn like the real I never deal. Thought in our fucking podcast history that we would have a serious discussion. It's just never as important as when they take the desire from their butt. Yeah, I mean, this is where we're this is where we're at with anime. Okay, this is, this is where we are. Everyone, just take a deep breath, take it in. Like, because like, yeah, they tell you like, okay, this guy is an unemployed man who is involved with the Asakusa Natural Treasure Sashit incident. It's like, so it's like, it doesn't tell you anything. But like, so... Sky I was thought a- it was very fun to hear them chant, Sashe, 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 yeah, Sashe, yeah. over and over. <laughs> Every Much more so fun. than at the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So this guy was experimenting on giant salamanders with super spicy curry which caused them to emit a specific type of smell that he was looking for. And we'll find out more about that later. Like like I said, we always find like the true nature of this like after the fact. So Toei struggles to try to lock Sara into various places, but every time he tries, she turns into like a kappa version of herself and like squeezes out through a crack. Um, yeah. so that's kind of kind of funny. <laughs> I liked Yeah, but then yeah, it makes me wonder creepy. why is she a kappa? What's her in all this I, I know it's interesting I, I'm, I'm very curious uh, I wonder if it's like Kepi's wife <laughs> maybe maybe they're like um, separated yeah <laughs> she was really into cucumbers and he didn't like that yeah he was he was jealous of the cucumbers uh, he was so angry <laughs> a, a, a pot of tea could boil on his belly about the cucumbers exactly yeah uh, the fan meet begins, and Enta's worried that everyone will catch on to ha- Kazuki, but no one really seems to notice that he's not the real Sara, including Haruka at first. 
And Karika's like, which is ridiculous because come on, that boy has not a drop of makeup on his face. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's, I don't know. He's close enough. I mean, (laughs) come on. I mean, if you're in the audience, at least have some eyeliner, some like basic concealer, some blush. (laughs) It's not that hard. You just be like, oh, she, oh, she must look very different on TV. I don't know. It's so weird. In in, in person, she looks like <laughs> a guy, and it's strange. <laughs> looks like a guy in a wig. It's really odd. Yeah. <laughs> so Haruka's wheeled on stage, and Kazuki has a brief flashback, remembering when he was entering middle school and had decided to like dress differently. And Haruka had told him then, like, no matter what he dressed like, they would always be connected in a circle, like that secret phrase that they planned. And so they repeat in present day, but like the manager has somehow escaped from being tied up in a bathroom and calls Kazuki out for being an imposter in the middle, in the front of the crowd. It's been established. Kuji sucks at tying people up. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. A little bit. Uh, So Enta thinks really fast and grabs onto the manager, claiming like this guy's an exhibitionist because he's not wearing, you know, pants. However, the real Sara walks in at that moment. And Haruka finds out she doesn't know the secret catchphrase. And so oh, Karika looks on here? Yeah, looks back at Kazuki just as the manager rips off his wig, revealing that it's his brother. And so Kazuki runs away to the Kepi statue, and Toy is like pissed at him for acting like he's the victim when he's the one who hurt Haruka in this situation. Um, but Kazuki's upset because he had promised himself never to hurt his little brother again. So, and it's Kazuki's just a mess. Um, Kepi suddenly turns uh, them into Kappas so they can go extract the desire from the sachet guy. And it turns out this guy was looking to find the scent of this girl who was someone special to him, specifically maybe the scent of her feet, because you see him like smelling her feet. And so I guess her her feet are very spicy. Oh, I missed that. I missed (laughs) that scene. Her feet are very spicy. Apparently. They smell like hot curry in a giant salamander <laughs> apparently is what they smell like so the guys enter like the leaking phase the mind leak whatever and Kazuki remembers the first time he met his biological mother who is super hot by the way yep um but <laughs> the weird thing is that she has a very nostalgic scent to him and also Haruka holds that sachet scent pouch for some reason um and so there's some connection here and so Kazuki is sort of distracted by this and loses the butt pearl. Oh my god! So did anyone ever think? Did anyone else think of that weird meme from like two thousand of like, and then we go back and forth over and over. I have not seen this meme. <laughs> you don't want to. Oh but god. imagine like you pull something out of someone's ass. You put it in your own ass. Yeah. And then it gets sucked back into the original person's ass. Oh boy. What the fuck? What kind of insane orgy is this? Cat, what are you doing on the internet? You need to stop. <laughs> Everyone I mean, needs to stop. On I the was kind of surprised. Like, I didn't realize when they took the desire from the butts of these people that they stuck it up their own kappa butt. Uh, for they, safekeeping, they store that desire in their own kappa butt. Because where else Wait, would you I put they, desire? I thought they swallowed it. Well, if maybe they do swallow it, but, but it then ends up in their butt. Again. Yeah, like it immediately goes uh. gravitates to their butt. It's like it magnifies links there. 
Yeah, because this one goes back to the Kappa Zombie, and like they don't defeat him this time. Yeah. And because of this, Kepi won't turn them back into humans at the end of the episode. Uh, and Kazuki remembers talking with his biological mother and deciding that his family with Haruka was more important than his biological mother. Mm-hmm. Which is, that seems healthy. Uh, on the way home that day, Haruka ran to find Kazuki and try to stop him oh from Oh my even. god! Please tell that me the moment you saw the, you saw the crosswalk, you went, God fucking damn, oh, yeah. truck like, I got truck-coon. so excited. I started like rubbing my hands back and forth together. I was like, truck has been on holiday. He's been waiting for this. <laughs> Just off screen the whole time. He's been driving Nobody around in the anime city. Should ever go out into traffic. This always happens. Did the the moment it pops up, they're at a crosswalk and they're arguing and I'm you're just like, I know exactly where the fuck this is going, and that's yep. exactly where it went. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on. Kazuki resents his little brother in this moment, and he like slaps his hand away and tries to cross the street without him. And like Haruka waits a few seconds and then tries to run out into the middle of the street. And then Truck comes <laughs> in, and Haruka gets isekai'd into Rise of the Shield Hero. That's how they <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or any number of other isekais. But yeah, so not actually. He's Instead, he's just in a wheelchair, and he will never walk again. And basically because of that, Kazuki feels like a monster living with a family who still unconditionally accepts him His despite what he did. His big thing was, nobody blamed me. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, he just what? needs something like- to be upset about. It's like, do you yeah. remember where he talked to the other guy who killed someone, and he's yeah. like, well, but at least I, I almost envy you because he wants something to yeah, feel bad that idea about. And the is other so, guy. It's has, so tiring to me. I'm like, yeah, understandable. Ugh. It's just it's understandable to me because I went through my like weird punk emo phase. And like, it's a stupid thing. But like teenagers are that way. They're just stupid for a while. So there in a know. way, it's like kind of realistic, you know? It's definitely realistic because like I know people who can't help but be over dramatic about everything especially when they were teenagers but yeah even yeah. still so, uh, yeah, i, I can't know. stand him in real life and i'm not can't stand him in fantasy either so <laughs> i just <laughs> definitely annoying. just never have kids leo <laughs> yeah oh, God. but yeah so i i thought it was interesting well like kazuki is kind of becoming more and more like one of those weird pervert people that gets transformed by the otters yeah like, you're right He's exhibiting these behaviors that are kind delinquent. of kind of delinquent and kind of like crazy, just like a lot of those other people did. Um, and I I could see that being like a plot point in the future, right? Like mm-hmm. they try to get they try to pick him up and like transform him into one of these weird desire zombie things. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if that actually happens. I want to make the prediction now and see what what occurs. <laughs> it was interesting the the otter guys like finally kind of succeeded this episode for once and there was like a short bit of dialogue between them but I didn't get what was happening between them so I didn't even like include it. Well they also know. report to a higher power, right? Yeah, like the that otter was the last episode. Overlord. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, we'll find out more about them, I'm sure, eventually, but <laughs> yeah. Another I've actually weird started episode. to be like fa- like fond of their little otter dance, honestly. Oh yeah, I like it. It's fun. Uh, soya, soya. It's fun. Soya, soya. Speaking of dances, uh, let's talk about another musical show. Carolyn Tuesday! A way better show! Yeah! 
Yes. Okay. So like episode five, every breath you take. So every move you make, I'll be watching you. you Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. (laughs) (laughs) So they, at the beginning of the episode, everyone in the group is all talking again because they've, they tried these two ways. They both failed. They didn't make the music video. Um, So they're like, try three, project hit the streets. Um, We're going to do a performance. But apparently neither of them has ever performed, and this is concerning, obviously. But everyone has a first performance. Um, And... They're, like the manager is like, well, I know this guy named Hoffner, and okay, is, is that how you say his name? Yeah, uh, Gus. It probably you probably say it like Hugh Hefner, like Hefner, like Hefner. Because yeah. I was like, fuck, I don't know how to say this word. <laughs> um, and the, and he's like, I want to see if I can get you guys into the Sidonia Festival. Um, and he's he Gus is like, okay, you guys need more than three songs. That's really not enough for a concert. You need to be working on this. While they're talking, suddenly the power goes out, and they obviously fucking need money because no <laughs> one's paying Bill. <laughs> yeah, they've like barely been working at all, so yeah. <laughs> I know. And then the the blonde guy, um, oh, is on on task to bring Tuesday home, and I don't know his name. Like, is her brother? Oh, her br- his the brother's name is Spencer. Ooh. Spencer. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I thought it was so like cute but also fucking obnoxious and naive how mm-hmm. tuesday was like i've never had a job before <laughs> well we know how she grew up so that's I not know, surprising but it's but it's not that it's surprising it's just annoying and then like her looking through and trying to find one and then it's interesting the future here is kind of like there aren't very many human jobs left anymore which is pretty realistic to how things eventually will be, probably, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes me think of that uh, scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original, how they, uh, like his uh, grandfather or his father, he used to put the toothpaste caps on, but then the machines took over. So he became one of the guys who fixes the machines so he could still yeah. have a job. Yep. That like, and that's so far ago, and like that's like something we're kind of starting to deal with now. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah, it's just it's just cool. But yeah, and then they get a, one of them gets a job walking AI pets, and this really pissed me off because I was thinking to myself, isn't the whole point of an AI pet that you don't have to walk it <laughs> yeah, and you right? don't have to? But worry wait, didn't about they that give shit? a reason why they had to be walked? I don't know. Don't think yeah, so. they I gave think the it, the reason oh, was really? something like uh, because then they become sad or something like oh, that. God. Well, I assume. And I was just like, what? If you're gonna make like an AI pet for somebody, the point of an AI pet would be that they never die, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but then you would want them to be as realistic as possible, otherwise. So you would but have like, to take them out on walks. Fur, and it wouldn't. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. think I could do an AI pet ever. But that was interesting. I don't know. Meanwhile, um, the idol's mom. They probably sound into, like those crows anyways. <laughs> yeah. Looks into Mr. Tao to be safe. Like she did a background check on him. And apparently he used to be a neuroscientist and specialized in fucking mind control. <laughs> yeah. And, he, she, and she's kind of like, and that makes sense. You're not trustworthy. 
And he claps back at her, though, and is like, well, you were fucking arrested for assault twice in the past, and you're androgynous. And I'm like, wow, that's information that's we didn't know, like the arrests for assault. Yeah, <laughs> But then I'm like, why are you mentioning that? And then in the same breath, and you're androgynous. Yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, it's like Martian androgyny. So it's like something that is specific to Mars, too, which is a weird thing. Yeah, but it, it's bizarre. Like, I don't know if... It's like a condition, I think and it that's is, yeah. it, it's interesting. It it'll be interesting if they show us more about that later. Yeah. Um, and then Gus goes to see his friend, and he gets blocked by AIs at the door. But then Hefner happens to be walking by, and he calls off the AI and talks with Gus anyway. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> Roddy goes to see Gus's ex, and like he he's kind of thinking, okay, this is the better way to go about this because I know that Gus is gonna fail. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick Wait, up the no, slack. He here. Didn't, no, that's not Gus's ex. That's not Gus's. Is ex. that not Gus's no, ex? It looked like Gus's ex. To no, me. It's a different woman old, with another cool haircut. Older lady. <laughs> oh, they looked okay. So who is that then? She just runs this um, bar, bar that has like a. Like a okay. stage, basically. Because so he this was club. talking to her, and they yeah. didn't do any exposition. So I was like, it must be that lady from the last episode. I, I think it was like an old, somebody he used to work for, like, forever ago. It's kind of what I gathered. They don't yeah. really They needed to be more clear about that, because I totally assumed. Mm-hmm. I can anyway. see that. Yeah, that, that was a pretty smooth transition. And, like, if you didn't catch it, it was, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so Roddy goes to see this lady, and he's, he's trying to zip it up, because he doesn't think that... Gus is going to be able to get it, which is valid. Um, <laughs> yep. And Spencer gets off the train and is like in the city now. So throughout this whole episode, you get kind of flashes of him, um, like just progressing in his search. Um, so Tal takes the idol and her mom to this intergalactic head office. Um, I think it's hilarious that it's like, oh, it's a hedge fund. Yeah. It's not and her it's mom. It's her, it's her manager. Well, it's also her mom. It's her manager and her mom. Dahlia is her mom? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. When did I miss that conversation? Um, In the car, they had a conversation about it. She called called her mom like in episode one or two in the car, and it's confirmed on the website. Oh, I just felt like she called her mom because like that's what she wanted to be called. Yeah, I it's really again like everything about Dahlia, I wish they would explain more because I yeah. it's, she's the weirdest most mysterious character in the show. Especially when they did the thing when they're like Mars androgynous and then they yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Um but yeah, I think it's funny they named it the the guy Schwartz cuz it's like a reference to the company. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, and basically Tao's like I want you to invest 12 million in this idol. Um and he's like, do a demo for this guy. And, you know, she's going to perform. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Hefner doesn't seem too impressed with his old friend. He points out that they never, they this, you know, this group that he's asking, that Gus is asking him to invest in, like they've never performed anywhere. They don't have anything out. And he rejects him. because He's like, I can't do this. Like, I yeah. may be the head of this this organization now but that doesn't mean i can just do it just because we're friends which is fair Um, honestly it is fair yeah and gus makes a comment that the industry has turned his old friend into just another suit and 
and Hefner is like, all right, AIs, drag this fucking guy away. And he's like, it's a shame that we didn't just reminisce about the past, because like that would have gone better. And suddenly Gus threatens to like expose everything you've done in the past. And and Hefner's like right back at you. And then Gus protests that he didn't do anything wrong as he's dragged away. And I was like, huh. Like, <laughs> I wonder what that was about. Yeah, what shady stuff did they used to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff I wonder if they're going to ever address or if it's all going to just be mister mysterious, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Roddy asks again if his friend will let the girls perform. And, of course, she she's kind of having the same issues Hefner was having. She's like, this is this the, one of the only independent clubs left and, like, I can't just let anyone in here just because they're they know you. Um and he tries to show her the video that he did and she's like I can't tell anything from this video. Like it doesn't really show me how they are in person. And Roddy makes this comment that like his ears didn't pick up their talent, but like rather his heart did or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is so corny. <laughs> but like she ends up giving him a chance because she never sees Roddy like this, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the re- meanwhile, across town, the idol sings her demo. And there's no background music. And that annoyed me a little bit. Because I was like, I mean, if you're doing a whole demo, wouldn't you play the music? And, you know. Yeah, they're just well, like singing acapella instead. He he really just needs to hear the voice, I guess. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah. Her voice is it's, interesting. It, it, it it's is good. It's like a very much like a pop radio voice, like that a guy at a hedge fund would invest twelve million in. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, yep, that sounds like it's going to be a radio hit." Yep. Yeah, I mean, it it did sound interesting. I thought it was interesting the quote he makes after she finishes singing: "Open your eyes and dream. There you will find your market." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "What is that even? Come on, dude!" (laughs) Um, But he does give them a money. But I think really it's more about Tal than her. Yeah. I think she could have just been, as long as she was just okay, he was going to give it to them just because it's Tal. So yeah. I'm not really sure what the point of the demo even was, honestly. Well, he doesn't trust Tao. I mean, it's like any like businessman. Like, they need like a taste of like what they're getting into, you know? Any I venture guess. capitalist guy is going to want that, so. Yeah. Um. And then Spencer is just going randomly around town at this point asking about the girls. Um, And he even asked the guy that lives below them and he like won't give them up kind of. Um, And that's the the guy that's uh, renting his uh, storage shed to them. Yeah. Yeah. He's like not going to. And the girls practice outside since their power is still off. I mean, I could not live with like that long without power. (laughs) Come on, guys. What are you doing? Um, and then uh, <laughs> there's a point in this episode where I don't remember what the context of the conversation was, but Gus makes a joke about like his friend groping him. Cause I think they're talking about like if, which one of them was successful in getting them a, a spot to perform. Mm-hmm. And he makes a joke that his friend like groped him <laughs> and then it's like, which parts did he touch or whatever? And there's like, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And I thought it was like an interesting commentary on like almost a me too movement. 
Really? <laughs> it was almost like supposed to be a joke there, kind of. Hmm. Maybe. I have no idea okay. if, it was, if it was meant that way or if it's just a weird coincidence. I think like, it's it's good that they did it as a with a guy, though, because like I don't think they could have made that joke with a girl. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it would not have worked out as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that was an interesting joke to make. But yeah, anyway. And then, yeah. So they do the performance at the independent... Um, the independent place. And it was a really awesome performance. It was they, they fucking really, amazing. I think it's my favorite song yet. <laughs> I, I actually think it might be too. And I, I actually really like how much they emphasized it and they took their time with their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and you can just see the owner as she's listening to them. Like she calls someone immediately and she's like booking them for something else. Cause she <laughs> knows the good like, thing. She's like, she I it. actually got something here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, Oh yeah. And and I also thought the like, so Spencer hears them from outside cause he's walking around town and he just comes in and listens and leaves. And it, it's like, he's giving them a chance. Like he knows that his mom wants Tuesday back, but he's like, no, She's enjoying herself. Yeah, he, I'm he, he can really tell my sister is really trying to achieve this on her own and mm-hmm. doing her yeah. best, and he's just going to let her do her thing. Yeah. He's looking which out is, for her. Which is really awesome for him. Like, he does that, and you're like, all right, I like this Spencer guy now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, one of the things I felt was really authentic about this performance is that you could see that Tuesday was in charge of um, starting this pre-recorded drum loop that they made yeah. in an app on their phone or on her and phone. It's also one of those you blink if you miss moments, but it is really yes. neat to see. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> totally like, that's what people do these days. Like when they don't have like a full band or anything, like they will use a phone app to provide like background, background to do their stuff. drum yeah. loop for them or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do what you got to do. Um, I do think it's a bit ridiculous that they've just written a new song for every like new gig that they've gotten this far. But to be fair, like they're just starting out and like they're really ambitious. So I, I guess fine. They'll they'll write a new song. It's crazy that they've all been very good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the washing machine one was a little weird. But I liked this it. one was really good. This one oh, was very good. Yeah, the washing machine yeah. is in the next one. <laughs> Again? Oh uh, no! No more washing machine. <laughs> no, I mean, not the like. I mean, we're gonna spoil it then, but like they just like updated it and made it like a full song. So. Hopefully, it's better. It's, it's not. Better. <laughs> I thought it was better. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in the next, next, next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, Leo, I think got a bit teary eyed. At this episode. Yeah, the, I that's, don't know. That song amazing. was like really touching. It like really touched on like their struggle of like getting to where they were at like really well. I felt like and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, you mm. won't get teary eyed at like a guy who uh, takes the desire from another guy's butt. <laughs> no. You won't get teary eyed from someone pulling something out of someone else's ass. Are there such things as tears of horror? Because then maybe. <laughs> oh man well that was another week of anime that was exciting yes yep it was exciting (sighs) thank everybody for listening uh remember to like follow and subscribe to us on youtube to get updates on new podcasts or videos oh no mid-season cuts 
Oh, this is five, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's like five. You're getting oh, your week ahead. Next that's time. next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah we My bad. Watch. We got to catch up we on some behind. things. We're actually already have the next doc done. <laughs> that's why. I'm sorry, Leo! guys. No. <laughs> you can't tell them the inner guts. <laughs> the immersion is broken. They can't know we're human. <laughs> we can't God let them know damn that, it, Leo. Beco- that Beacom needs to edit fucking faster. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, a bunch of episodes are going to be coming out all at once because I'm going on a vacation for like four days. And so like three episodes are going to come out right before that. So that'll be exciting. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Like as I was saying that, I'm scrolling up and I'm like, I see it's episode five. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And also you can follow us on Twitter at Nerdum and Other for updates on everything. And come hang out on our Discord, where we've been chatting a lot recently. It's been fun. The link to that's in our description to join. Um, And yeah, with all that said, we'll see you next time. Yeah, bye. (laughs) 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 (la